0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML,
1: Doug Ford has to select a cabinet, and uh, boy, there's more politics in that than there may be in the election itself as to who's going to get what portfolio, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. Joining us to talk about this is Alan Carter, who is co-anchor, of course, of Global News at five thirty and six in Queens Park, bureau chief. Alan, great to have you back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is always interesting and fascinating about the politics within the politics when uh, when these uh, announcements are made. And, and what what do we know about what Doug Ford is going to do so far?
0: Well, we know that on the nineteenth, he's going to meet with his caucus. He's already um, he's already named a transition team, and John Baird is going to play a significant role in that. And so is Dean French, who is not widely known in the province but it has been a close ally and close confidant of mr ford throughout the campaign uh and so the to, together the two along with some other other members are now engaged in what's known as the transition this is where they're in contact with the uh with the various levers of government and to proceed to actually take over and then we're looking at probably late summer i would guess maybe even into September before we really know what the cabinet is going to look like. Generally, leaders don't tell you what the cabinet's going to be like until right before the House sits, and right now the House is scheduled to resume the second week of September.
1: Are there any slam dunks? I don't know if
0: there are. I mean, there are slam dunks as to who will be in on the front bench. Obviously, Christine Elliott will have a significant role. Caroline Mulroney, ditto. Same goes for some of the stalwarts of the party. He can't ignore guys like Vic Fedeli. But in within that is going to be a real story about how he treats the caucus that was, by and large, with the exception of a single member, against him mm-hmm. in terms of the leadership. How does he balance those long-serving MPPs who actually have experience at Queen's Park with the newer people that he sort of touted uh, on his way into power, that being both Elliot Mulroney, Peter Bel- Falvey, also, Rod Phillips, those sorts of people,
1: but and most of those guys, though, and that whole long list that you just mentioned, Alan, are essentially those are those are Brown candidates. Those are not Ford candidates. And and uh, there were some, as you said, some rather unusual remarks from all of them when that whole thing was going on with Patrick Brown uh, as to where they stood. And, and none of them were big Ford fans. Uh, that puts him at a bit of a disadvantage, doesn't it?
0: Well, it. It certainly makes the balancing act much more difficult for him because, like, keep in mind what you have to balance when you put together a cabinet. You have to balance the aspirations and, and, you know, and expectations of the caucus, those people who believe that they're deserved whatever. Then you have to balance a regional uh, consideration. You got to make sure you got people from the north and people from Ottawa and people from. You know, Windsor and all the rest of that have to be balanced in there as well. And that's, and
1: that's a good point, because one of the criticisms of Kathleen Wynne's cabinet uh, in this last term was that it was far too Toronto-centric.
0: Well, and that's and that's right. And, of course, many of the MPPs for Wynn were from Toronto. Yeah. Now, Mr., Mr. Ford is blessed with having... Uh, you know, members right across the province, pretty much. You know, he's got he's got urban members, he's got rural ones, he's got northern ones. So he he has an ability to choose from that. But it's going to be an extremely, it's going to be very illuminating as to how he puts together all the disparate elements of his party. You know, I was talking to Deb Hutton, a former uh, advisor to Mike Harris, mm-hmm. the eves the night of the election, and she told a story about how when, their first win when Harris first won and they started to see the numbers going over 70 in terms of uh, seats, you know, he he began almost to despair because, you know, like too many becomes a bit of a problem, like having too many members, it becomes a problem in itself.
1: Yeah, and, and trying to, as you say, reward those that have been loyal, although that's kind of a short list for Doug Ford. I mean, they all jumped on board after uh, he won the leadership, as they were supposed to do. I mean, that's that's what the party line is all about. But he didn't have too many supporters initially. But you got to wonder about, about that disparity and, and trying to balance that. I mean, and Harris tried to do that as well with – uh, some of the folks that were loyal to him and a couple of, well, Tim Hudak was a newcomer who got elected in that time and actually stuck around for the longest time. And you got to wonder if some of those folks are going to feel disappointed because the story I saw today from Queens Park, Allen is that uh, he's right now musing about a cabinet of only about 12 people. That's significantly less than what Kathleen Wynne had.
0: That will be interesting, too. You know, will he take that conservative sort of, you know, fiscally responsible attacked uh, on it and say, well, the bigger the cabinet, the bigger the expense, and I'm going to run a small go- government and it's going to start with my cabinet. So it, it'll be, remain to be seen. I mean, that will be difficult. I mean, they, you know, Ontario has a, a big government because we have a lot of people and a, a huge economy to govern. So You know, you you wonder how much trouble will he get in if he puts a bunch of, you know, if he amalgamates a bunch of ministries together and then really lays, you know, that's a heavy workload on just a, a short number of
1: people, a small number of people. And with that in mind, you have to ask about responsibilities and where is he going to go. And obviously, with a guy that's got no experience at Queen's Park and only four years in politics, really, as a city councillor, uh, I guess the question a lot of folks are going to be asking here, Alan, is can, will he listen? Uh, you know, you, you talk about people like John Baird who are supposed to be assisting in this. Uh, does he take advice? Will he listen to this? Will he accept the fact that, look, at these guys know a lot more about this than I do? Well,
0: that's, I mean, that's... that's- yeah, very interesting, and I, I think I'll go back to Thursday night and the whole speech snafu. Um, you know, I don't think I want to read a ton into the fact that you know they they messed up with you know Kathleen Wynne just starting her concession speech and then Mr. Ford began to speak as well. What his campaign team said was, "Well, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a mix up. It was not an intentional snub." But I think what it tells you is that no, it's probably not intentional, but it also tells you that. Not only Mr. Ford, but his team is not beholden to tradition. It's not beholden to custom. And I think that's the kind of premiership you're going to see from him where there's, you know, a lot of things that we've just sort of come to expect government does, he's not going to do.
1: Is he uh, prone to move in with some of the, let's face it, he's considered to be a bit of a radical, a bit of an outsider. That's how he liked to characterize himself. He's got a few of those in his in his caucus, more than a few, uh, the Lisa McLeods and, and Randy Hilliers and folks like that. Uh, does he stay away from them? Does he try to t- counterbalance what he is, or does he gravitate toward that?
0: Well, I think with Lisa McLeod, he's got to put her in the front bench. She's a strong member of the team, and I think he would not want a voice like that outside of your circle. That's a That's a keep your friends close and enemies closer kind of move right there. I think you want her inside the tent. Not that I'm suggesting she's a Ford enemy, but she can be a bit of a loose cannon, and that could be troublesome troublesome down the road for Mr. Ford. The other one I would watch for is Monty McNaughton. There's a lot of talk about, well, what if they make him Minister of Education? Mr. McNaughton, of course, is dead set against the sexual education curriculum and, and ran against it when he ran for leader. So, and, and even in the, in the campaign, the liberals and both the NDP were suggesting that, oh, if they put McNaughton in as Minister of Education, that would just be horrible, don't vote for Doug Ford. Well, that didn't work out, so now we'll see how Mr. Ford plays it.
1: Uh, well, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, we're usually heading into the, the summer solstice where not much is done in politics. Uh, it looks like it's going to be just the opposite with all the stuff that's going to be going on at Queen's Park.
0: That's right. Uh, you know, just uh, when you're at the dock, uh, at the cottage, you just can't put your phone down. You just got to stay on Twitter 24-7.
1: <laughs> Alan Carter, of course, from Global News and uh, the <laughs> Queen's Park Bureau Chief. Uh, thanks, as always, Alan. We'll be watching you guys tonight at five thirty and 6. Be great. Thanks. Appreciate being on, Bill. Take care.
0: Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.